What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny Bush and Matt Harmon of Reception Perception coming at you today to bring you the 2022 wide receiver class. Basically, this is going to be like our final thoughts. We're going to put a bow on this class. We've talked about them for like three months now. We have individual videos on most of these guys if you guys want to check them out. But what we're going to do is get an outside perspective and the first name we could think of, who's the wide receiver expert that we want to have on this channel most in the industry, and it was Matt Harmon. So we'll have him give his thoughts basically on uh, these wide receivers. And of course, uh, shout out his product, Reception Perception as well. Matt, welcome to the show. Welcome to the FSC gang. Uh, how are you doing today? I appreciate you guys having me. This is going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, I would say that it's funny for me because you guys have obviously been talking about the class for months and months and months. Whereas like for me, you know, I take a little bit of time away, uh, you know, after the NFL season ends. Then it's like I dive into kind of the free agents for reception perception. And then like really the last three weeks have been heavy draft prep for me. So um, it's kind of nice. Like I can come in here. I'm a little excited to talk rookies. Uh, whereas everybody else is like, all right, let's just get this damn thing over with. I think I've got this like timed out now to the point that I don't like hate my life by the time the draft rolls around. Yeah. Everybody just wants to talk about the 2023 class at this point. Cause everybody's already bored of 2022 and you're just here oh. bringing out the energy. Yeah, so I love on. it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I was watching film on these guys in January, so I'm just oh, yeah. ready for the cards to be turned in, basically. <laughs> so um, before we get into this, as always, if you guys enjoy this uh, video at all, like the video, comment any of your thoughts down below, subscribe to the channel if you're new, check out the description. All of Harmon's stuff will be linked down there if you guys want to check out his work, receptionperception.com. I'll let you actually shout that kind of stuff out right now. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. People go check out receptionperception.com. We just, uh, I always say we, um, I mean, there's a couple of folks in the background kind of helping me get stuff posted. Um, but I just posted 12 profiles, uh, uh, for these, for this rookie class. Uh, my dynasty rankings are up there as well. If people want to kind of dive into that. And, uh, then by the end of, I don't know when you're going to post this video, but by the end of this week on Friday, um, we are going to have again with the, we, I will have posted uh, a, like a rookie roundup of kind of some lower tier guys, maybe some, uh, you know, Khalil Shakir, uh, David Bell, Christian Watson, these type of guys will be featured in the rookie roundup. So yeah, if you're not familiar with reception perception, I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to really enjoy everything there. So yeah, please check it out. They should be. We've made reference to it quite a bit on this oh, yeah. channel. So um, before we get into it, guys, as always got to hit the intro. All right, so this is basically going to be kind of just like a back and forth thing. The first thing that we want to talk about is basically how reception perception works, just the process behind it. So these guys know how you're charting these guys and how can we kind of translate that to evaluating these wide receiver prospects and you can feel free to pat yourself on the back for any hits that you had last year in previous <laughs> classes. Uh, yeah, I think a great way to start this is um, basically for me, reception perception at its core uh, is trying to answer my biggest question about football, which back in the day, you know, uh, when I'm trying to get started in this industry, for me, it was, you know, what are wide receivers doing when they run off the screen on Sunday? You know, we know, uh, especially as like degenerates following football, that wide receivers can be as talented uh, as they want. But in order to put up numbers, you know, they've got to have good quarterback play. The, the quarterback's got to be a good fit with them. They've got to be a good fit in their offense. You know, the role, everything like that. They're so dependent uh, inherently on other variables that I was like, somebody's got to get in there and, and evaluate these guys independent of uh, surrounding factors. Well, 
I guess that's going to be me. So that's basically what reception perception is. I go in over an eight game sample and I chart every single route that they run in that sample. That's for NFL players and uh, for college prospects as well. You know, essentially, I'm trying to see how often they get open versus man coverage, zone coverage, press coverage, how often they get open on each individual route type, how often they're running the, that route type, where they line up most. Are they an X receiver? Are they a flanker? Are they a slot guy? So really just trying to paint the full picture of a wide receiver's profile. And uh, yeah, again, you know, I've been doing this now sir, for eight years, uh, since 2014. Uh, haven't been doing every single draft class since then. Uh, it's been sort of hit or miss based on like film access, stuff like that, a little more behind the scenes, kind of in the weed stuff. But got a good database of prospects, have a really great database of NFL players. And I think Again, the biggest thing is I'm trying to evaluate what these wide receivers do um, independent of the surrounding variables like the quarterback play. So, and I think the biggest thing too, and this is especially true with college prospects, because we know that, you know, evaluating college players, what uh, the, the level of competition is, is much more, um, you know, it's stacked much more differently than in the NFL, where I think things are more stable, more flat, like team to team, game to game, player to player. Um, you know, a guy like Sky Moore can go rip it up in his reception perception sample. Um, but that doesn't, I'm not saying that just because he's got better numbers and like a Jameson Williams, we should say he's better, you know, because the level of competition is there. I think, especially for college prospects, we're trying to figure out what type of player they are, where they will best fit, you know, are like the team that drafts them. Does that make sense for them? Um, and just evaluating the player on individual basis rather than being like, well, you know, Alec Pierce has got this success rate. Sky Moore's got this success rate. This guy sucks. And this guy is really good. So um, again, just trying to best paint the picture of who the wide receiver is. I think, especially when we're prospecting, that's really kind of a, uh, the way to go about it. And it's just um last point here before we move on. It's just, I think when we're watching players, it's always harder to, um, it's always just better to have a rubric. It's always better to have kind of like a, I don't want to say grading system, but that's basically what reception perception is. It's kind of keeping me honest as I'm watching, keeping other people honest as they're consuming the information rather than just like, this guy doesn't separate. Well, what does that really mean? This, I think reception perception can kind of help you out there. And I'm glad you mentioned that because the the one thing that I really grasped about reception perception when I first started following you, when I first started following your work over there is, a lot of times you'll hear people make reference when they're making their scouting reports. They'll be like, oh, you know, this guy's a really good route runner. This guy can separate. You are taking that subjective analysis and you're applying a quantifiable stat. This guy separates against man at this success rate. Comparatively to his peers, this is where that ranks. You're able to take all that information and actually quantify it and actually make it an objective stat that people can look at and people can value. So, uh, I mean, me and Corey have been following your work for so long as we kind of alluded to prior to the video. And it's some of the best work currently available really all over fantasy football. I mean, what you're able to do in taking those, you know, subjective mannerisms and apply it to a process is something that before you came along wasn't really known in fantasy football people weren't really applying that people were saying you know uh shout out to my dallas cowboys but a guy like amari cooper common sense <laughs> common stance everybody's like oh yeah this guy's one of the best route runners in the league i know you would vehemently disagree with that but like that just kind of goes to show you that you actually took the time you sat down you applied a numerical process to evaluate how exactly these guys are separating against man against zone against press I mean, it's a labor of love, uh, but it is really fun for me, you know, and I, I appreciate that so much, so many people have enjoyed it and kind of learned along the way. Cause yeah, I mean, I find out things, you know, that are surprising with wide receivers 
every single year, you know, whether it's NFL guys, whether it's uh, college prospects, I'm, I'm always constantly kind of learning about these guys and it's just, it's really great. And I think, I think the series and, and reception perception as a whole, you know, I would say like there's, there's been times like, you know, back in 2014, I'm watching prospects just on draft breakdown and YouTube, like everybody else. And like, I'm making all kinds of mental mistakes watching these guys. But when you sit down with the system and chart it all out, you're really able to see where things stack up and, and everything like that. So I think it's been, it's helpful. Shoot. It's helpful for me. So uh, I'm glad it's turned into something that everybody else uh, really likes. And and I do think like wide receiver is so um, because how production ends up being so dependent on these other variables and everything like that. It can be a very narrative-based position, like with the Amari Cooper thing. Other guys too. Like once something gets out there, it's like because, and and frankly, nobody else should do this. Not just because like uh, I I want to keep it to just me and reception perception, but also like the rest of you should be out there having lives and doing things. <laughs> Don't be sitting up in this uh, room like you know charting thousands and thousands of routes. Go out there, get a life, have have a good have a good time. Leave this stuff to me. Uh, but yeah, like people aren't doing that. So like narratives can get, get really, you know, ingrained into how we think about these players. So I, I that's kind of my favorite part of it too, is just like the almost like wide receiver myth busting a little bit too. I just wanted to say one thing too, a PFF graphic. I remember showed up a, about a week ago and it was basically asking who's the best route runner in the NFL. And you said, well, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs are the two, two of my favorites. And your whole comment <laughs> section was just filled with like Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, people just not realizing like, yo, like I do this for a living. You're going to yeah. argue Keenan Allen. Got a couple like, watch the tapes. <laughs> I mean, it's all, listen. And I said, I, I like replied to that too and said, for, it's just, it's funny for people that don't like follow me. And, and look, if like you think Keenan, I would have probably ranked Keenan Allen three. So like, if you think Keenan Allen's better than Stefan Diggs, Brent Devontae, that's fine. But just like, it's, don't, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's fine. Like we can healthy disagree, but I just think it's funny for people that it's like, I mean, this is kind of like my entire life. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah. Don't know your background. They just make generalizations. It's hilarious. But um, either way, transitioning real, real quick the- before we move oh, on. Ahead. The one thing I will say is uh, people know from our process, our viewers know that everything I talk about in the tail of the tape series where I broke down every single prospect, I love cross-referencing what I see on film to metrics. And with route running and separation, there was no metric before reception perception to cross-reference and, you know, match things to. So I, you know, wax poetic for three months that Drake London can in fact separate. And, you know, it was good to see that confirmation uh, from you that he had, he was, in fact, winning and you didn't see like I'm a 20th percentile win rate against man coverage or something yeah. like that. So, um, you know, we always talk about when you see a good yards after catch wide receiver on film, you want to see the metrics of him avoiding tackles and breaking tackles and, you know, yards after catch per reception and all that kind of stuff. So that's always uh, what we look for around here is cross-referencing stuff to metrics. So. Um, I believe Danny was going to transition to the next question. I'll just take care of it here. What did you think of this wide receiver class as a whole? Now that you've worked through, I I believe a majority of it, is it better than previous years? Cause we've had some absolute humdingers in the last three draft classes at wide receiver. Is it worse? Is it, you know, top heavy depth, whatever. I feel like every single year we're coming in here and being like, it's a really good wide receiver class. I think this is a really good wide receiver class. It kind of started actually in 2019 when, that wasn't the general talking point. That was like, well, there's only two of these guys that go in the first round. Like, it's actually not that good of a class. But, like, damn, it ended up being awesome with A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel and, like, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson. And, you know, Marquise Brown's been pretty good, too. And then, like, oh, the Patriots took Nikhil Harry. Tough scene. Um, but, yeah, so it ended up being a really good wide receiver class in hindsight. Then the last two we knew were going to be good. They have pretty much lived up to the billing. This year, I think, is good. I don't think it's as top-heavy as last year. Like, I would rank – 
Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle as the wide receiver one in this year's class. Um, but I think that then when you're getting into kind of that next grouping, for me, it would have been I mean, shoot, I, I thought like Rashad Bateman was like a tier, a potential, you know, not Jamar Chase tier, but like pretty equal with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. But I I think you're kind of starting to mix in your 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 Drake London's, your Chris Olave, your Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, and those guys. Like, I think you're starting to mix them in with like the Elijah Moore for me. Again, for me, Elijah Moore and Rashad Bateman tier. And then, you know, then it's like the Traylon Burks and and all these different guys, and then it's like I don't know what the hell to do with Kadarius Tony from last year, but uh, yeah, that's just that's with me. So yeah, I think I think it's a good class. I just don't think it is as top heavy. Certainly, obviously, no one like Jamar Chase, but even guys like Smith and Waddle, I think, were probably better than your top guy this year. Yeah, and I'm also glad you mentioned Elijah Moore. He's a, a favorite of ours over on FSC. I mean, oh. we. <laughs> we absolutely love Elijah Moore. Uh, very high ranking for us in Dynasty. As I'm sure a lot of viewers watching this will have access to our manifesto. Yeah, I absolutely love that guy to uh, the highest degree. But either way, um, you mentioned kind of some of these wide receiver prospects. You know, your Drake London, your Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks. Do you think that these, you know, top five, the guys that I quickly mentioned, are the consensus first rounders? Do you agree with that list, or would there be a guy that you would add that's currently viewed in the second, third round that you would put in that grouping, or somebody in that area that you would drop out of that grouping? I think all those guys should be first round NFL draft picks. I'd be comfortable with it. And then it, it's almost just kind of like, what's your flavor? Um, in a weird way, I know this is a little cop outy, but I think that like the first tier should be. Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, uh, and then like Traylon Burks and kind of his like own one B tier. Cause I think he's such a landing spot sensitive player and is a little, he's just a little riskier than these other, those other four guys. I think he just is a more difficult prospect to project. And then like, but he's still, I still kind of want to group him with, cause I, he's clearly the wide receiver, like a top five guy in this class. He's just a little bit tier to his own. And then you start kind of the second tier where if any of, you know, the Jahan Dotson, uh, the, uh, you know, your George Pickens or, or Sky Moore, those three names, I think if they could file into the end of the round one area, just because teams are really wide receiver thirsty, they want to get that extra fifth option, everything like that. I think there's probably everybody has been predicting a run on wide receivers at some point in the NFL draft. So like, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't really blink an eye if any of those three names ended up being round one picks too. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because our, our next question was going to be like that Dotson Pickens, you know, Watson, uh, Sky Moore, anybody that's in that consensus fringe first round type of NFL draft capital, early second round kind of guy. I personally have Jahan Dotson ranked higher than Chris Olave and Jamison Williams, mainly for the injury reasons for Jamison Williams. And I think they're all within like 15 points in my grading system. So they're my tier sure. two of wide receivers with Sky more closely behind them. Do you think, I, I just want your thoughts quickly on Dotson. Do you think there's anything that about him that would put him into that, that first tier for you? If anything happened to him in a draft, if you know, for example, he goes to the green Bay Packers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great landing spot. I think would be awesome. Uh, you know, for him, I just think he is such a good player. Uh, we went back and forth about it a little bit. Uh, and, and I think he is, number one, he's one of the best zone beaters in the class. Success rate versus zone coverage. He's one of the best there. Um, I think he just comps so perfectly. His reception perception profile, just kind of his game in general, just reminds me so much of Doug Baldwin. Um, you know, a great zone beater, slot receiver, um, awesome hands. I, mean, I think he's got the best hands in the class. Number one in drop rate among uh, reception perception prospects right now. Uh, and he's top, he's number four in contested catch rate. And um, Penn State's quarterback, uh, 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 
sucked. I mean, we're talking about a guy that had, you know, numerous uh, yards left on the field, you know, had a lot of situations where he had to pluck those off target passes. I think he tracks the ball well deep. Like, and, you know, I always talk about the difference with slot receivers. There's like your big slot receivers, there's your bunny hop slot receivers, you know, your Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder types. And then there's, there's kind of your vertical slot guys. Uh, Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin are like the patron saints of that archetype. I think Jahan Dotson fits in somewhere there. Yeah, my comp for him was Elijah Moore, actually, who's also, you know, <laughs> who's in that, who I, I comped to Tyler Lock. I comped to Tyler Lock last year. And, so, yeah, yeah, it's all, it's kind of, it's, it's those guys. I think Elijah Moore and Tyler Lockett are a little bit like more explosive man beaters uh, than Baldwin and Dotson. Um, but still, again, same archetype of guys. Yeah. I mean, go, going into that, you know, winning on your routes, beating people down the field, beating people at any single level on the field, realistically. Um, what prospects in this class, like what, what prospects stood out to you that won the most on his routes, regardless of man, regardless of zone, regardless of press, who overall was just seeming to win most of his routes on tape to you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to start with Chris Olave, who I think is the best route runner in the draft. I think he is he's explosive down the field. We know that among the guys charted, he's number one in success rate versus man coverage. He's number uh, he, he's top five against zone. He's number one against press. I mean, he's just a explosive guy at all levels and just a pro ready route runner. I mean, I think he is going to walk onto the NFL field and be ready to start right now. Um, very similar profile to Calvin Ridley, uh, who was another guy that was just like ready. I see we've got a really Jersey in the background there. So this is, makes sense. Like he was the guy that was just ready to walk on an NFL field and be a number two receiver right from the jump. Eventually as Julio Jones sort of declined, Ridley kind of ascended to being like a potential one B uh, or potential number one receiver. Unfortunately, we've got a huge stall in his uh, career right now. We're not going to see him for some time. So it is what it is there. But uh, yeah, I think that Chris Olave could be that type of receiver who wins at all levels. He wins deep. He wins short. He's just a pure technician um, that I do think offers pretty good ball skills. I think can be, um, you know, we know he's not great after the catch and all that type of stuff, but uh, making plays, down the field, you know, making plays as a pure outside separator. Um, I know everybody wants their favorite prospect to go to the Chiefs, uh, but he does seem like a great fit that, like, you drop him onto Kansas City, that that's someone that they really need that's going to separate on a route-by-route basis on the outside. Juju's not that guy. MVS is certainly not that guy. McCole Hardman ain't never going to be that guy. So, like, let's get Chris Olave in that spot. That would be awesome. He's number one. I think uh, Sky Moore is another guy that look like he's just such a good player. Uh, again, his success rates are nuts. We, we did mention the level of competition thing up at the start. You obviously have to take that into consideration, but you know, his sample of games does include like Pittsburgh does include uh, Michigan, some of the better teams that he played against. And he's still out there. Guys got silky smooth release moves, gets off the line. Um, you know, he's number one uh, in success rate versus zone coverage. So a guy that could certainly be a slot receiver, but I do think could win a little bit outside. Um, he's got a very, comparable profile to like golden tate i see a hundred people make that comparison you per love day. Seahawks. <laughs> yeah right we got a lot of seahawks <laughs> stuff going on here but the guy that I actually think he does maybe career arc wise sort of maybe remind me of is a dj moore type who actually i remember talking to dj moore for an nfl.com interview when i back when i used to work there and was like hey you kind of remind me of golden tate and he's like i like that comparison so maybe maybe that's again similar i think dj moore sort of like a compact version of that maybe could be what what sky Moore is uh i think he if he slides into the round one range wouldn't surprise me at all because he's so explosive but i do think gets really underrated as a strong route runner so those two guys 
Definitely the best separators. Garrett Wilson is up there as well. Great against zone coverage. Uh, great against man coverage. Separates at all levels. He's not quite as like NFL refined uh, as Chris Olave is. He's not quite as NFL refined as even like a Sky Moore is. But so explosive. Does get that separation. Um, and he's great after the catch too. He uh, is a player I, I compare to like Deontay Johnson. Uh, That's because my comp for him too. Nice. And I, I think the reason that it makes sense is obviously – he separates like Deontay Johnson does. We know Deontay Johnson, awesome route runner, one of the most underrated, I think one of the most un- underrated receivers, period, in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but he's up there in reception perception. But even us Deontay fans got to admit, guy does make a lot of mistakes. Like, uh, you know, obviously the drops, sure. But even sometimes after the catch, it's like, buddy, what, why did you take that angle or whatever? <laughs> Garrett Wilson's got some of that on his film too. I mean, he makes awesome plays in the open field, as does Deontay Johnson sometimes. But there's occasionally some drops. There's occasionally like some mistimed plays there. I think that's why that I really like that compare. Almost the negative side of it is why I like that comparison <laughs> so much, even though I like both players an awful lot. And I'm glad yeah. you mentioned, uh, or I'm glad you didn't mention, you know, the little uh, thing that Twitter wants to make a thing now with, oh, he hops when he catches the ball. Like, get out of here. Come on. Like, why, why, yeah, why, I've why, seen are, the, pe- I've seen the why are people making the, that? Is that a thing? Garrett Wilson. Too. Yeah. 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 Some, uh, when he was running the gauntlet at the combine, he was like hopping when he was catching the ball instead of, you know, staying on the line when he was running the gauntlet and people were like knocking knocking him for it anyways before I, hey, I'm, I'm old enough to remember uh and i hate that i remember this type of stuff this is clearly like from 2016 to now my twitter habits have changed because i didn't see that but i do remember back in 2016 like michael thomas's gauntlet was like people were taking him to the woodshed for that guy broke the freaking uh nfl reception record so it turned out to not be a too big too big of a problem correlation yeah. No kidding. Yeah, literally. So on the uh, yeah, so Garrett Wilson, uh, hundred. Yeah, he's gonna break the record for sure. So on the top guys, before we move off of those guys, there's two major narratives that we got to squash right now. I kind of alluded to one already. So your thoughts? Can Drake London get open? Because apparently he can't, according to most people on Twitter. And number two is Jamison Williams, Jalen Waddle. Because I've also seen that one floated around. I vehemently don't think he's Jalen Waddle. He doesn't have the lateral quick quickness that Jalen Waddle had. He's more of a straight line athlete, like a Will Fuller, Marquise Brown type. So quickly, your thoughts on those two players, and then we'll move on to more uh, deeper names. Yeah, first of all, with Drake London, absolutely can get separation. 73rd percentile success rate versus man coverage. That was the same as Jamar Chase last year. And there were some weirdo whispers about like Jamar Chase, like not a good route runner last year, but that was a, a terrible narrative. Uh, and and he was awesome against zone coverage, 86.7% success rate. He was right up there with your little jitterbug, like Garrett Wilson, you know, Sky Moore, those guys. Because I think he, for his size, is so fluid really can bend um and you look he's not going to be a huge speed guy i I don't think he's going to go out there and be like mike evans fast uh or something like that for that size but you know kind of like a brandon marshall type or we just talked about michael thomas i know that comparison gets thrown marquise colston is my comparison for him yeah like if he ends up being a big slot that's awesome i still think he can beat man and press uh to a decent degree that the points you could have him be you know a 60 40 player or a 50 50 player for in terms of outside inside um you know a guy that you don't have to take off the field on two wide receiver sets or something like that because he can't get open um i definitely think it's a terrible narrative like he's he's not gonna be a great vertical separator like he, he can get open on nine routes because he can you know win contested catches and win at he can separate at the catch point and that, that type of stuff 
maybe like Mike Williams is another comparison I see there too. If he, if he functions as an outside guy, I think that that makes sense, but uh, he's much more fluid, can sink his hips better than a guy like Mike Williams in that short to intermediate area. So yeah, certainly Drake London can get open. Um, yeah. Jamison Williams. I don't think that Jalen Waddle makes a ton of sense for one. They're not really built the same way. Um, I think that Jalen Waddle was he was certainly like a great vertical playmaker, but I think he could really throttle down and cut back to the quarterback much more uh, on comeback routes, on curl routes than a guy like Jamison Williams can, who I think is a little more straight line-ish. Um, I think you could certainly compare him to a guy like Mike Wallace, uh, who was a great speed threat and great on crossing routes and stuff like that. Uh, he was, you know, back in his prime with the Steelers, Mike Wallace was like a coverage dictating player. Weird as it is to say that now about Mike Wallace. Um, I definitely think if we're just sticking with Alabama receivers, Jalen Waddle, much better prospect than Jamison Williams, but, you know, obviously – Henry Ruggs' career has gone sideways as well, tragically a uh, situation there. But he, I think he's a better prospect than like Henry Ruggs was. And listen, teams love speed though, man. And and I think in a weird way, Jamison Williams has a great floor because he's a vertical threat. Like, shoot, if he ends up just being Mike Wallace, who nobody – I don't think Mike Wallace was ever regarded as like a top 10 receiver in the league or anything like that, but really useful player that got a big contract and actually kind of sort of played a long time. Um, for a speed receiver role because like he just was he was a useful player. I think Jamison Williams sort of he has a great floor because of that speed. I mean he runs guy by guys like one to two times per game. Every single game you watch. Like He's got Georgia defenders speed. too. Yeah. Oh I yes, still remember legit, that. Play. Yeah. <laughs> legit <laughs> at speed. Well, the play that just ringed in my mind is that play against Georgia where he literally just took the safety over the top, middle of the field. I think like it was dumb. There was like 20 yards of cushion. He just beat the safety. I'm like, like, how do you have that level of speed? How do you have that level of downfield ability? It was crazy. Also, I wanted to allude to the fact that Drake, just get Drake London 10th overall to the Jets so I can be happy. Please, like, please. <laughs> yeah, you could use, yeah. you could use, Um, I've talked about using him and Garrett Wilson interchangeably, uh, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. But I think inside outside versatility is something that mm-hmm. I think Drake London, like you said, would thrive at the next level if they could use both London and Elijah Moore inside outside uh verse in a versatile way so last question then we'll get into the deeper guys of the top guys do you have a team to prospect fit that you love the most the drake london to jets one is really good obviously talk about chris olave like get get him to green bay get him to kansas he's probably not going to green bay because they've got like a lot of threshold stuff there um so I, i think any of those would be awesome in a weird way i i know this gets mocked a decent amount and like I kind of 60% love it, kind of 40% hate it, but like Traylon Burks to the Packers, I think makes a ton of sense because the 40% of me that hates it is like, dude, Aaron Rodgers is going to freaking hate Traylon <laughs> Burks. Like, But another part of me is like a team that really does, you know, I has kind of already had success with the big slot archetype in a much poorer man's version in Alan Lazard. Um, and that's another thing too that is weird about the fit. I know you just asked me my favorite fit, and I'm like saying negative things right now, but I'll get to I get to my point here. Um, you know, they've got like slot receiver on slot receiver on slot receiver. They've got um Alan Lazard's a big slot receiver, they got Randall Cobb's an old slot receiver, and Amari Rogers is supposed to be a slot receiver, but can't even get on <laughs> damn field on special teams. But Traylon Burks can come in there and actually take up some of that volume left behind by Devonte Adams in like the screen game. Uh, you know, those like quick flat routes, the slant routes, you know, Rogers is great at like seeing off coverage and, and motioning guys around to get into favorable matchups. That would be a great fit for Traylon Burks. And of course we know this offense, you know, the Shanahan tree there that is extended with uh, Matt LaFleur 
wants to get guys into space, I think that would be a really good fit with Burks. And like Burks is the one guy that I just want to make sure he goes to a team that is going to work it out for him because I mean, he's not Kadarius Tony from last year. Kadarius Tony, I I said like his NFL team was starting at like square one with his route running. Um, But I was like, man, please Kadarius Tony needs to go to a team that's going to, if he's going to work out, he needs to like not go to a bad landing spot with a creative offensive mind. He ends up with the freaking giants and Jason Garrett. Like, I don't want to see the same thing. Again, not to compare the two guys, but in a similar sort of way, I don't want to see the same thing happen to Traylon Burks. So the with- Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury, who already can't use Rondell, <laughs> right? That's not a good. That's not a good fit for uh, Traylon Burks because I know Kuiper and uh, DJ have both mocked him to Arizona. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, like they did lose a slot receiver. They play a lot of four receiver sets, so maybe, but. Um... Yeah, I mean Rondell Moore, like he didn't even play wide receiver last year. He, I don't know what, I I don't know what the hell we're gonna do with his like reception, just reception vibing. data. Yeah, he's I mean, just he's, vibing. Yeah, he's vibing two like not even two yards down the field. So it's um, it's funny because Rondell Moore, my comp for him coming out was Deontay Harris on the Saints, and they kind of used him like Deontay Harris, which uh, I didn't think would happen, but uh, that is what basically happened. So um, into the depth part of this class, who are your biggest sleepers? Who are the guys that maybe stood out to you? You didn't expect to be you know, higher on them than you are, or just guys that you think are, are going to be great values for people in the second, third round of their dynasty rookie drafts. Yeah. I think Alec Pierce is actually really interesting to me. Um, didn't turn out too well in success rate for his own coverage, but was a pretty good man beater. I want to run this take by you guys. I've been kind of filtering this out recently in a way. I feel like uh, Alec Pierce, the comp for him is the bad takes about DK Metcalf when he came out. You know, everybody was like, straight line guy, can only run slants, can only run go routes. He's so stiff, uh, but he's a good straight line guy. I kind of feel like that's Alec Pierce's game. You know, wins at the catch point. Uh, If he goes to a team like Chicago that needs a vertical receiver, that would be pretty fun to me. You know, kind of later around uh, guys too. Really like Khalil Shakir. I think he's a player who can win on the inside. Um, You know, can be a really – if like – Last year I said Amon Ross St. Brown is the Bud Light version of Cooper Cup. Maybe Khalil Shakir is the Michelob Ultra version of Cooper <laughs> Cup. Um, like maybe that's what we're working with with him. I think he could fit into that role for a team, you know, relatively early too. He, he's definitely a, a player that I like a lot. Jalen Tolbert, another name I'd throw out here. Um, wasn't expecting to be super impressed by him, but pretty solid success rates against man zone uh, and press coverage. Really pretty pretty good at the catch point, good contested catch rate, and just separates at all three levels. Um, you know, I've seen Marvin Jones comps for him out there. That kind of makes a lot of sense, like a, a good number two receiver. Uh, I think he could potentially, you know, develop into more of an explosive route runner than Marvin Jones did, but certainly a guy that, you know, could end up being just like a – you know, a day three draft pick, maybe late round three draft pick that turns into like a solid starter. I really ended up liking Jalen Tolbert a lot. It's funny you mentioned that because I mean, those two last names, Khalil Shakir and Jalen Tolbert, uh, I hate to make everything about the Cowboys. I mean, Cowboys Twitter is talking about those guys at pick 80. You love making everything about the Cowboys. I mean, that's what I do. I've never, I've never met a, and I got a lot of Cowboys fans, friends, like uh, in, uh, especially my back East group of friends. Every Cowboy fan loves making everything about the Cowboys. So come on, we can all be honest here, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the, the, the it's funny that you bring up the straight line, bad narratives about DK Metcalf, because that's actually how I feel about George Pickens, which I just real quick want to get your thoughts on him. I feel like, and I saw, um, I think it was Dwayne McFarland tweeted out a, a graphic of his target percentages on what routes that he was running. And it was like 38% 
on go routes and like 33% on hitches. It was like 70% of his total oh, yeah. targets came on those route patterns. And part of it's because that's what he ran at Georgia. But the other mm-hmm. part of it uh, has me a little worried that that is how he's going to win in the NFL. And that might be all he's limited to. And for that reason, his comp for me was actually like a DJ shark type of wide receiver uh, who's got the you know size, the speed, the athleticism, but is probably not going to develop into a number one wide receiver. Like I know, George Pickens stands will will beat the drum that he can become. Yeah, I've seen, you know, people say he's got like elite upside. I don't think he has elite upside. I think he is just like a pure X receiver, which there are not a ton of those out there. Um, even in this class, like your biggest guy, Drake London, I don't know that he is going to be a pure X receiver. Traylon Burks, sure as hell, better not be like an X receiver in year one or that's not going to go very well. Like he's just a guy that, like I think especially old school NFL evaluators are going to really like because he is just that, you know, go up and get it type of guy. Again, the pure X, who, when I say that, it's like if folks don't know, he's going to line up right on the line of scrimmage, isn't going to get it moved around pre-snap, is going to face a lot of press coverage and a lot of tight window targets. That can be George Pickens. Um, to your point, I love that you brought the DJ Chark thing up because I said in his reception perception profile, sometimes I think I'm watching T. Higgins, sometimes I think I'm watching Dante Moncrief. So it's like – that's that archetype of player. If he rounds out a lot of the, uh, cause I think T Higgins was just really classically refined coming out of school. And he just had a, all the little details, right. To be that pure outside receiver ball winner type that gets off press cleanly at the line of scrimmage, you know, and can win downfield. Obviously Dante Moncrief just, he was like the biggest tease of all time uh, when he was in the NFL. And I, I know that because I, I know I fell for it a few years. So um, yeah, I think that when you look at George Pickens, he's kind of in that mold, but shoot, I mean, look, he goes to a good team, a good passing offense. I think that he could really uh, fit in well there. So there are certainly teams at the end of uh, round one. I kind of think like if I'm the Packers, I'd love to go Burks and then Pickens just to be like, now I've got the 50% of Devontae Adams that did like the open field stuff great after the catch, the slant routes, the, the screens and stuff like that. I've got that in Burks, the other 50%, like the pure X stuff. I got that in George Pickens, and we're going to try to figure this out. You got it's, your maybe upgraded MVS too, if that's if you're looking to replace Valdez yeah, it, with Pickens. It's funny you mentioned that because as soon as you said that, I was just thinking about that Moneyball clip where like they're talking about replacing Gallo and they're like, oh, like how are we going to replace Gallo's home runs, all this, yada, yada, yada. Like, oh no, we'll replace them in the aggregate. We'll get players that can remake Gallo. So when I, mean, I was Giambi, thinking about right? Giambi, sorry, I'm thinking of Joey Gallo now. G- Jason Giambi, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. They're basically like, oh yeah, how are we going to replace them? Well, we'll replace them in the aggregate. Basically, how are we going to replace Devontae Adams? We get the guy that can run vertical. We get the guy that can do stuff after the catch. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of these teams are are thinking about it, though. Um, you know, with with getting rid of these top receivers like Devontae Adams with with Tyree Kill in Kansas City, I think they're thinking about like, all right, we know we are not getting a Tyree Kill in round one of the draft. We know we're probably not getting the next Devontae Adams. You know, the the best next receiver if uh, in football, the best best guy. <laughs> like that's not probably not going to happen, but we can make up some of the ground here by getting a couple of players. Maybe it's not in round one. Maybe it's in round one and then back in round three again. That can certainly happen. I think that's how a lot of these teams are, are thinking about it with this wide receiver stuff, especially with the current market. Yeah, yeah. with how much yeah. these guys are getting paid too. Um, so the final question is a bit of like a more of like a macro question. I know. You missed on a, a guy that we missed on last year and Brandon Ayuk. I wouldn't say he was a complete miss because he did turn it around towards the end of the season, but I know you were very high on him as a Well, it would have been nice if Kyle Shanahan could have reached out to either of us <laughs> and been like, hey, 
I, I joke about that because, you know, I think with, with Brandon Ayuka, uh, uh, a lot of folks do, like, kind of realize the context behind it. Other folks are just like, you told me to draft him. It sucked <laughs> in weeks one through seven. So, you know, get the hell out of here. And I, so, like, sometimes people are going to say, I was like, hey, I'm hoping next year's subscription price includes, like, a one-on-one uh, phone call with Kyle Shanahan so he can let us know I'm throwing my guy Ayuka in the doghouse for seven weeks. Yeah, but so anyways, a big continue. part of that, a big part of that was because we missed on some of these zone beaters, right? Debo Samuel, yeah. very good against zone coverage in 2020, even despite his injury. Cooper Cup, who was the number one wide receiver in fantasy this year, very good against zone coverage in fantasy. You kind of already talked about um, Jahan Dotson, one of the better zone beaters in the class. I know Sky Moore is up there as one of the best zone beaters in the class. Drake London, very good zone beater in the class. Should we be valuing and more cognizant of who's winning against zone? because NFL teams are deploying that type of coverage. I think that is one of my biggest takeaways. And I wrote about this for, for the site, you know, midway through last year that, you know, the NFL has changed a lot uh, since, you know, even reception perception got started in 2014. Um, you know, there's a lot less man coverage. There's a lot more zone coverage, um, you know, than there is than we've seen recently. Like most teams are employing some form of zone coverage. I mean, there's, there's little differences here and there. Like sometimes you're going to have an ISO man on the outside and then you're going to have some more zone stuff in the middle of the field. There, there's all that going on. But like, yeah, you look at the best receivers at beating zone coverage in, in 2020 it was Deontay Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, eh. DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson. Like those were all some of the best receivers then the next year uh, in 2021. And obviously the difference for like a guy like Cooper Cup is he's going to line up more inside than a player, but like a Tyler Lockett lines up a lot inside. So these guys who are going to be deployed inside that then are great zone beaters. I do think that matters a lot. You know, if a player can, and especially for teams, trying to create those layup throws for their quarterback. That's certainly going to matter a lot. Um, so in, in some ways I think that I got really, cause also too, I would say I've done a lot more work on like where our predictive thresholds are with success rate versus man coverage. Like I pretty much can look back at the historical database and be like, all right, this guy's at 75%, like, lock it in. He's probably like, you've got a really great chance at landing a superstar receiver at some point, you know, 70%, like a Michael Pittman type, we can still get on board with this guy as a breakout player Um, with success rate for zone coverage. I think now I kind of have a better understanding of that. So on me, maybe should have done that research in the off season, but you know, sometimes after charting all those receivers, it's time for a few beers on the beach. Um, But uh, I would say too, with Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. I mean, look, I I don't, I, I wish I had, I wish I, I don't wish that I had, not been as excited about Brandon Ayuk. I I wish I was more just excited about Debo Samuel. You know, sometimes you end up getting in favor of one and you forget the other. But you know, Debo's rookie year reception perception profile is really great. I mean, one of the best success rate versus zone coverage scores of all time. Solid against man coverage. You know, he's not out there like a Juju Smith Schuster against man coverage <laughs> or something like that. Sorry to the Juju guys out oh, there, God. but yeah, I mean, I, I do. I think that you're 100 right. That's something that. I'm putting more importance on uh, when I'm looking at these guys, especially for players, like I said, a, a guy like Debo Samuel, a guy like Cooper Cup, who's going to run against a bunch of zone coverage because of the way he's used. The last just thing I'll go to the fire for the yeah. Jahan Dotson hype train well, for me. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I want him in Green Bay. I need uh, Randall Cobb on crack with Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's what I want out of the draft. Cobb on crack. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, I kind of wanted to use that too, because obviously, like, the main ones last year that kind of broke that narrative were Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel. 
how much of that, again, you, you kind of alluded to it a bit that the NFL is changing, that coaching is changing, but how many, how much of that would you give credit to the player versus the actual scheme that was being run? Obviously McVay and Shanahan are pretty damn good at what they do. Yeah. I mean, of course, I think that I've always said with Cooper cup, especially, man, what if he didn't go to the Rams, you know, because he's, he is built like a, like an outside receiver, you know, from a size, size perspective, even like from an agility perspective, he's got similar to drills to a guy like Allen Robinson. Like, I don't know that he would have become the player that he did if he went to some dumb team that was like, that's our, you know, X receiver. That's our ISO guy. Like, like I, I think he was developed. He had the most unique role in the NFL from, you know, years like one to, to three of his career. It was just such like, I mean, you'd see this guy go out there and chip tight ends before getting like wide open routes in the flat uh, against zone coverage. And that just, you don't see any other receiver doing that. It's like, it's cute to say like, oh, why don't X team line up this number one receiver and use him like Cooper cup. Well, a lot of people don't want to do like that dirty work that Cooper cup does. So um, I also, but I also think though, and I, I know this for a fact, I know he is uh, someone who spent all off season, like, you know, char- like looking at leverage, you know, looking at uh, the ways he can get better separation versus press coverage, better separation versus man coverage. So I think it's a, cr- it's a hundred percent credit to the guys like mindset and willing to improve with Debo. I feel like he was just healthier uh, this year than he was certainly in 2020, but cause again, his rookie season was pretty solid. Um, like I, you go back and look at his 2019 reception perception profile. He was, he was a pretty solid player. I think C- Cooper cup, obviously, if you're going to go from like really good starting slot receiver to, nuclear season you probably made some improvements as an individual although i do give a lot of credit to guys like sean McVay and kyle shanahan for designing unique roles yeah i know i saw that in tampa with with godwin too his breakout season they were using him you know in a similar role and he was you know pulling he was like a pulling guard on some plays when they were running the ball which was super super weird anyways yeah um this was a fun discussion Harmon. definitely appreciate you for hopping on here chopping it up about some wide receivers hopefully we answered some narratives if anybody comments that drake london can't separate in the comment below i'm blocking you as a user um because i've seen the comment a million times and i don't ever want to see it again we have the wide receiver charter guru saying that drake london can separate so um the narrative has officially been squashed so if you guys do if you guys did enjoy this video as always hit the like button comment any of your thoughts down below we're like 200 subscribers away from 10,000 trying to get there before the NFL draft. Please hit the subscribe button. If you haven't already done so make sure to go check out everything that Harmon is doing as well. His Twitter is on the screen. It'll be linked in the description receptionperception.com. All the information that he fed us here today is all courtesy of reception perception. We have it. We've had it for years. I can attest to the fact that it's worth the money and worth the investment because it helps you spot these breakout candidates. It helps you spot uh, maybe some of the guys that are going to disappoint as well and then obviously you have a youtube channel reception perceptions your youtube channel correct it's just actually matt Harmon. uh just Matt oh, Harmon youtube channel yeah 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 so um i haven't posted anything in a while uh so if you go there uh don't freak out about it but we're, we're gonna be posting some stuff here very soon we're just uh james co and i are got a few things in the works uh that will be coming up there as well awesome all right if you guys enjoyed like i said like comment subscribe peace out talk to you soon